Hello, 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 welcome, hello, and welcome to another live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dansfish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those of you who don't know where the mountains are. Thanks for being here. Glad you could join us. For those watching on the replay, I get it. Maybe one day you can catch us live. But until then, hey, that's what replays are for. Um, have a exciting lineup. I, I have something I'm pretty excited to talk to you guys. To, to you guys. <laughs> Apparently, I haven't had enough to drink today. One moment. That I'm pretty excited to talk to you guys about today. Um, which is our logo and getting your opinion on it. But before we get into all that, I want to do the shipment report. Unfortunately, we did have one occurrence. Um, we've been several weeks now without any problems at all with the shipped fish, but we had one this week and it was a rosy barb that I sent to Rico Stan. And it's not dead or anything, but it, it does look awful skinny. And I feel what's the word? It's not ashamed. It's abashed. I feel a little bit abashed about it because I knew these were going to Rico. I like Rico a lot. I've, I've been on his stream. He's been a great supporter. I consider him, you know, a bit of a friend, even though we've never met in person. And I knew these rosy barbs were going to Rico. And so I personally hand selected them and I got ones that I thought were amazing. And I double checked them, but somehow, and I, I can't for the life of me figure out how, a skinny one got by me. So I sent him one that is skinny and it's too skinny. I shouldn't have sent it. It's belly's a little sunken. And there's like, I don't know. I'm how many do I have in that tank? I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to guess there's 70 of them, 75 of them in that tank. And there's like two that are a little runty as far as like girth. That was one of them. And I, I checked to make sure I hadn't caught him one of those. I, I was sure I got him a good one. I knew that he would probably do an unboxing video. So I double checked. I'm like, hey, these are going to be on the internet for everyone to see. <laughs> so make sure I got him good ones. I was like, yeah, these are awesome. He'll love them. And then I saw his unboxing video. And one of them on the video, I was like, oh, no, no. Because it was obviously too skinny. And that's not something that happens through like a single day of shipping or a couple days prep for shipping. It takes fish a long time to get skinny like that generally. And so uh, somehow, Enrico, I'm sorry. I just want to tell you, I'm really sorry. Somehow, even with all my double and triple checking and knowing they were going to Rico and being extra careful, somehow one got by me and I just sent him a fish that, that was not up to par. So I apologize for that. I hope it makes it. Um, often when they're in that state, uh, they're, they're either the runs or they're, they're the very bottom of the totem pole or something. And uh, sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. So I don't know, maybe in a new environment with uh, less competition, maybe he'll plump up and do well. But if he does not do well long term, you know, let me know. I'll, I'll take care of it. But, you know, it's, it's when you try extra hard that the bad stuff happens. I swear it is like when it's like, oh, wait, these are for Rico. Let me double check. They're going to be on. He's going to take a video, all this. When you do that extra thing, for some reason, I don't know what it is. That's how you miss stuff. And I have no clue how I missed that. I'm, maybe I got like someone asked a question. I got distracted or just didn't look at it at quite the right angle. I, I don't know. But Rico, I'm sorry. The good news is that is the first incident of a fish arriving that I, I feel like wasn't up to par, up to standard. Um, 
or arrived dead or anything like that in several weeks. I can't even remember the last time we had a problem now. It's been several weeks. So, you know, if we look at the statistics and the bell curve, we're doing pretty darn well. But um, but that one hurt because I tried really hard to make sure Rico got really good ones because I've been following Rico and I've been following this 75 gallon aquarium he's setting up uh, just for them and in, in their community. And I knew he was. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway. Sorry, dude. Cheers. So. With that mea culpa, volcanoes <laughs> aquatics, no good deed goes unpunished. I swear it's when I take extra care of it. I don't know what it is. That's when the problems happen. <laughs> is the key just not caring? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the secret of life is not 42 or whatever it was. It's not caring. No, anyway. Okay, so let's get to some other more fish stuff. So, um... Oh, before I do, though, I want to thank my mods. I see that the lovely Candy Overholes is here. Candy, we've missed you. Welcome back. Glad you could be here. And I want to thank my other mods as well that are here, you know, just every week making this thing happen. I, I really appreciate it. And Lumpy Dog, one day we'll pop in again. We will see the Lumpy Dog one of these days. I haven't given up. <laughs> so we're going to get to the giveaway. And then logo or logo, then giveaway. Let's do the giveaway and then we'll talk about the logo and, and some other progress and get to your questions and comments. But before we do, I have some good news about Nigeria. So Nigeria got back to me. They have confirmed that they have found an airline that will ship live fish cargo to an airport that I can actually get them at. Um, I have a broker set up at that airport. So everything's good to go there. So that means we should have the Nigeria shipment in my guess is in about two weeks is my guess because now that that's all set up um what the company the gentleman i suppose in nigeria will do is actually go out and collect the fish and they'll need a couple weeks to do that and um it'll take them a little time to finalize the paperwork and get the flight confirmed and, and bid for the cargo and get that all in so i'm hopeful though that maybe two weeks for sure, by the end of the month, I think it's safe to say we'll finally have that in. So, um, Candy, I was only gone one week. I, I know. But one week without Candy is like six months of misery. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Nigeria is coming along. Let's get to the giveaway. So these are some cool fish. These are electric blue Akara. And for those that don't know what Akara are, these are Akara. Um, for most of my fish keeping hobby, we just had the wild type Akara, which is still an awesome fish. Uh, blue Akaras have been a favorite in the hobby for a long time for good reasons. This is one sitting over eggs. This is more of a typical day-to-day -day color. It's almost like a miniature, peaceful Jack Dempsey, maybe is a way to think of them or, or green terror. Sorry. Maybe more like a green terror than a Jack Dempsey. Um, as far as the color scheme goes with that, the blue spangles and yellow, not exactly, but, but kind of, oops, what did I just do? Like this one down here looks a little bit like a juvenile Jack Dempsey. Um, but the ones that are on the giveaway for tonight are these, uh, a fairly new version. It's the electric blue, <laughs> electric blue, um, morph, 
that has been uh, raised in, in aquariums and is now available. And the ones that you'll be getting are the parents of that big, big bad boy right there above my finger and his lady, which is somewhere. So those are the actual parents of the fish you'll be getting. They were bred and raised here. I got my stock from Ken Katz, another member of the um, fish fam. And so that's where the stock originated from. So they're hobbyist bred uh, for at least a couple generations. And that's what you'll be getting. The, the reason these fish are so awesome is A, they're beautiful. B, they don't get too big. Um, I would say that the body size on that big male is about five inches. And then you add the tail, maybe you're about six inches. So say five to six inches, maybe full grown. Um, and they're, they're pretty, but they're also very hardy. They're peaceful, like for a cichlid. Let's, let's be clear. Okay. They're, they're still a cichlid, but they're for a cichlid. They're one of the most peaceful, like they, in this tank behind me, um, that's that's the bad boy right there oh i think this is his female so i think this is the female and i think that's the male um but so they're still cichlid but super peaceful they don't bother any of the other fish in here even the like the sword tail or the little um i have little uh, steel blue epistos in there things like that basically if they can't fit it in their mouth if they can't like grab it and swallow it they're probably not going to mess with it. So think of them maybe the same temperament as an angelfish, but almost less of a bully than an angelfish, honestly, is, is how I would describe them. When they spawn, they do defend a territory, but they don't go on a full blood rampage, at least not in my experience. They just defend their little territory, defend their spawn, keep fish away from it for sure. But because, I mean, they're amazing parents, but they aren't going to in general, wipe out an entire tank or anything like that. So a good community cichlid, hardy, easy to breeze, eat, breeze, breed. I swear it's just water, folks. It is just water. <laughs> Vodka video aside, <laughs> it's just water. Maybe with a couple fingers. No, no, just water. Um, so I think they're amazing. Um, so I've raised a bunch up. The ones I'm gonna give away are the runners. So in every batch, you get a few that just grow a lot faster than the rest and take off. And I've got a few of those that I need to find homes for um, because if I don't, they'll outcompete all the smaller ones. So the bulk of them are around 0.75 inches, an inch. The runners are up to the biggest one is maybe close to two inches. So they're going to be somewhere between like 1.25 inches and just below two inches. The ones that I'll be sending you. They've already got nice color. Um, they aren't little tiny babies. They aren't big adults. They're kind of, uh, I don't know, if they were a person, they'd be about 10 years old. <laughs> Development wise, size wise is how I would put it. Um, so that is the giveaway. If you would like to win them, and I'll, I'll send you three of them, then it's fairly simple. It's hashtag EBA for electric blue Acara. Hashtag EBA. And it doesn't matter if it's uppercase or lowercase or whatever, as long as there's a hashtag, no space, and then an E, a B, and an A, no spaces, all one thing, then that'll enter you to, uh, to win the giveaway. So while everybody that wants to is entering for those, 
<laughs> Sean, fishaholic, never too late to add some vodka to the gin tonic water. <laughs> um, <laughs> so while um, everyone's entering EBA, I want to show you this logo. And we have a pull up on the community tab. I'm so bad at YouTube that I couldn't figure out, and I don't know if there is a way, it appears there isn't perhaps. I couldn't like put the image up and a poll about the image. It appeared that I could do a poll without an image or an image. Um, if you're linking a video, then you can have a poll about the video it looks like, but not just an image. So what I did is I put the poll down and then I put the um, image right above it. And if you wouldn't mind taking a moment, um, just a sec, let me get there. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Okay, so here's our channel. If you go to the Dance Fish channel and click the community tab, then you'll see it. So these are, and you can just comment below the image as well. Um, that's fine. But these are what we're voting on. Which of these four do you think would be the less, the best logo for us to use? And while you're looking at that, I want to take you through the process of the logo creation and, and what's behind it. So back about 15 years ago, I took this picture of this killifish. This is an aphiosimian or chrome aphiosimian, um, bivitatum funge. It's from funge, F-U-N-G-E, I believe. I took this picture with a, a horrible little four megapixel point and shoot digital camera that we had back in the day. And um, I, I loved these fish and I loved this picture. So we've got a nice male here flaring in front of this other male in the background. So since it's kind of the favorite fish picture that I ever took of one of my favorite fish of all time, when I was starting Dan's Fish and all that, I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to somehow use this fish in the logo. So what I did is I, I kind of used the silhouette, the shape of the fish and came up with this. So this is just that fish's silhouette kind of rendered in a Photoshop, or, or I probably used GIMP because I'm totally cheap. Um, and for a long time, this has been our logo, but the, the, there's a problem with it though. And the main problem is that if it did not say Dan's fish around here, if there was no text, the average person would have a hard time looking at that and knowing immediately that it's a fish because beautiful is Aphiosimian bivitatum species are, they don't have a typical fish silhouette. Their tails got these funky points on it. It doesn't come in like this, like a typical, um, you know, V tail shape. The dorsal fin's all elongated. This fin's all strange. Like it, it's a super beautiful fish, but just at a glance, if you glance at that, especially if you're not a fish person, if you're just an everyday person and there's no dance fish text there, it's probably going to be hard to realize that's a fish. So I recently brought someone on board to help me um, with video production and, and social media posts and to kind of get back up to where we were before I got so busy selling fish that just I stopped producing most content and went down to like a live stream a week. And I was like, okay, this is the fish I want. Um, I don't want to lose it completely, but we need to somehow find a logo that when the average person on the street glances at it, they know immediately that it's a fish. They don't need any text to tell them that or anything. 
But this still kind of keeps the spirit of this image, this fish alive, is what I would like. So we worked on that. First thing they came up with was this, which is basically that fish, but really faded out to the point that it's still kind of, it's just a little bit too blurry, right? Without the dance fish text there, it might be hard to tell what it is. But we were going in the right direction. Then we ended up with this, same kind of thing, and I, I don't want any established <laughs> it's cute but um so same kind of thing though without the text there you wouldn't really know that that's a fish it's pretty stylized um and it's just hard at a glance to tell then um the person i'm working with came back with this and i was like yes i knew we were on the right track it's simple and bold right it's still got too much going on like there's a whole bunch of detail we don't need but it's going in the right direction it's getting simple it's getting to the point where where it's it's getting sleek and kind of what we want and keeping true to that fish and then they sent me this and this were, was where i was like i mean e between each stage we we get feedback and we chat and we came up with this this is when I knew we were going to be okay. <laughs> so basically I looked at these and I thought, yeah, at a glance, this looks like a fish, even black and white. I love this logo on this hat, but the problem is the only reason this works is because it has multiple colors. Um, and when you have to print multiple colors on a hat or a t-shirt or something like that, um, the expense grows exponentially. So I wanted it to be okay, just black and white. And then if we want to add color, we can as a bonus, but it has to play well, just black and white. So I thought these were pretty good. The issue is this anal fin and these ventral fins kind of detract from a classical fish shape. Is someone just at a glance, I think, um, um, is it, it just detracts from it. So I thought, what would happen if we just remove the anal fin and, and some of this detail here? And so we ended up here. Um, these, you know, we were attempting to be as true as that first picture as possible. Um, remember, this is the original inspiration right here, this bivitatum species of killifish. And so we tried to keep it, but much as I like this down here and this here, I, I, I still think the ones that read most as fish are these top two, this one and this one. Like the less, the simpler seem to be better. So we cut it down and here's where we're at. We're here. And I don't know why we did it clockwise instead of one, two, three, four, but we did. <laughs> so we're asking for your input. Um, if you leave it in chat, it'll be kind of hard to get it. So if you wouldn't mind um, going to the community tab on the Dance Fish uh, YouTube channel and, and posting it there, that would be good. But if you're like, nope, I'm not leaving, then you can leave it in chat. That's fine. Um, so this is where we're at. And we like all these. There's pros and cons to each one. And so we're asking for input. Of these four, 
which are the ones you like best. So that's kind of the journey that we took to get where we're at on the logo um, and why we're seeking a little bit of input on that so that we can, you know, you stare at somebody so long that it's like, I can't even tell anymore. I, I need someone else to, to look at it. So um, that's, that's how we got there is we're still trying to stay true to that like original picture, but make it simple enough. And we kind of deconstructed it, right? That was kind of the key to getting to where we're at. So um, I know there's gonna be a lot of different opinions and stuff and, and that's fine. Um, and some people will be like, what? They all are horrible, I'm sure. That's fine. Just let us know honestly what you think. Um, that's where we're at right now. Just something that the image alone at a glance says fish without text is where we need to start. Um, all right. So with that, I think I've covered most everything. Um, the warehouse is still going. Uh, we expect to break ground in April. We're getting real close. Uh, basically, right now, we're waiting for the city to issue the permit. We thought that we might get that last week. Um, we haven't yet. And I'm not sure if it came through today or not. I haven't checked yet. But we we think that this week that that'll happen. So I'm um, not going to get too much more into that because it's basically, you know, waiting on some final details to get approved. But it's coming. It's moving along. Okay. So with that, oops, hang on. I got to find one little thing here so that as we proceed, oh, wait, I put it over here. Sorry, guys. Just one moment. Okay, here we are. Boom and uh, boom. Okay. Just want to make sure I can bring that up that logo thing up as we talk about it, that I have it handy. I accidentally shut it. All right. So that's where I'm at. That's, you know, some of the stuff we've been working on amongst all the other stuff. Um, there's been a few super chats. Looks like Jay Oliver's guppies and aquatics threw down five bucks. Thank you so much. Just to say Dan is the man. Why? Thank you. Dan is a man. Well, most days. <laughs> I appreciate the five dollars. Thank you so much. Never required, but always appreciated. Now, guys, I can only scroll up. Um, I can't scroll up to the very top. I know that there were some questions and comments um, put out before, and I'm not going to be able to scroll up that high to see them. YouTube just won't let me. So the first one um, that I can see, KP throwing down two bucks. Thanks, KP. I appreciate it so much with the cute fox cat giving me a thumbs up. Danny Ken, good to see you. Glad you're here. Roundhouse Aquatics is the first um, comment that I can see. Roundhouse Aquatics is the first of the picks. The first of the picks, the one you said out of focus about. I'm not sure, Roundhouse Aquatics, what you're saying exactly. If you're saying that that, the, that picture of the bivitatum that I took is out of focus, probably a little bit. I mean, it's done with a, a you know, little four megapixel camera, but still, still it was the best picture of a fish that I ever took at the time I took it. Um, and it's good enough picture for me. Eric Y. Rock says, that's why I like number two. Not that many breaks and it keeps the silhouette. Yeah, number two is a little simpler. 
Um, number th one has that break there, which just does add a little bit of complexity. So, you know, I don't know if you look at these two versus these two and just that extra line there does add an element of complexity for sure. That is an accurate statement. I don't know if that's good or bad or indifferent, but it, it sure does. All right, Randhouse Aquatics, can you give an opinion, opinion of printed or stitched on that hat? I'd so buy that stitched hat with that colored logo. So um, that was neither. It was just uh, thrown on a cap as an image for an example. But I believe that that's supposed to be a stitched logo on that hat. And we might make some like that. Um, you know, now that I've got a little bit of help, we might be able to handle a little bit of merch production. But it's not the highest priority. It's something we will have to get to. Um, just building the warehouse, getting over there and still maintaining standards and not doing what I did Monday and accidentally sending someone a subpar fish <laughs> is, is what we're really going to focus on. Uh, Wichita Falls, Fish Keeper, so good to see you. Been a minute. Glad you're here. Throwing out five bucks. Hi, Dan. Can you give some tips on sourcing canamycin? It's getting harder to source. Um, it also, have you tried Canaplex? Thank you. Have I tried Canaplex? That's a question. Um, is Canaplex, I'm looking here, Seachem Canaplex. Let me just look at the ingredients here. That's what I want to know. What's it got in it? Um, canamycin sulfate, Canaplex. Let's see if we can find the actual ingredients. Oh, I hate it when it's hard to find. They like to hide stuff. Okay, so Canaplex is a blended canamycin-based medication. Okay, that's great. What's in the blend? That's what I want to know. If I can't remember if I've ever used Canaplex, but okay, here it is. Here's the ingredients. But it's been so long that if I have that I can't remember exactly. Okay, I thought it said, thought it told me the ingredients here. Oh, Google misled me. What did it say in the tag? Canamycin sulfate is kind of the main ingredient from what I'm seeing on just a quick, quick look-see here. It says canamycin sulfate, 32%, and then it goes straight into inactive ingredients. So I'm not sure, sorry, this is what I've been looking at. Um, I'm not sure what they mean exactly by blend, because it looks like canamycin sulfate is the only active ingredient in Canaplex. So basically it's canamycin. I mean, canamycin sulfate is what we call canamycin. So um, as far as finding it, I have to source mine direct from the manufacturer. That's how I get it in the quantities that I need it. Um, Wichita, if you can't find it anywhere, just shoot me an email. I'll see if I can find a way to hook you up. I don't want to become a medicine vendor, but um, if you're just in a hard spot and, and you need some, um, let me know. Stuff's not cheap. I think, 
I believe the cost for canamycin is going for about 80, 85 bucks for four ounces. Um, let me see here. Canamycin uh, for fish. Let's see, what's eBay say? Okay. So 100 grams for 92 bucks. Trying to find, wow, it's all Canaplex, isn't it? Really? Okay, 100 grams, 92 bucks. Is Canaplex like the only thing nowadays? Man. So what's 100 grams? Um, 100 grams, two ounces. 100 grams is 3.5 ounces is going for 92 bucks right now. It's a little crazy. Um, I don't, it's not something I regularly sell and I don't really have priced out or anything, um, but send me an email, dan at dancefish.com, Wichita Falls, if you really can't find any anywhere and I'll see if I can help you out. It looked like there was some on eBay there. Um, and again, I don't want to become like a med vendor. So if, if like 20 people email me, I want it. I'm, I'm probably going to be like, oh, never mind. I'm not getting into this. Um, I'll send some to Wichita if you need some, because I already told you I would. But if a bunch of other people are like, me too, then don't be surprised if I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I just don't want to open up the can of worms of being a vendor of medicines and all the complexity and risks and liabilities that come with that, basically. Um, but I'm willing to help help someone out in a pinch on a limited basis. <laughs> and hopefully I don't regret saying any of this. <laughs> but I think I've sold it once or twice in the past when someone emailed me and they were in desperate states and uh, just couldn't, couldn't find it. Um, but it's not going to be a regular thing. Shady fish, they actually look like manta rays. Manta rays. I don't see it, but that doesn't mean you're wrong. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're wrong at all. <laughs> Let's see here. I'm trying to see manta ray. Huh, it's not saying that to me, but oh, like swimming that way. I totally see it now. I totally see it now. Yeah. Like this is the mouth, like the manta ray is swimming, uh, let's see here, camera's opposite, like that way. Like the eye is the back of the manta ray and this is the mouth and, the, and this is the manta ray's fin. Man, I would never, like that's their mouth, right? Wow, I've been looking at that a lot and I never saw that before. Huh. Maybe, I guess I'm selling stingrays now. No. <laughs> Greg Gale, those without an anal fin look too much like a ray. Okay, second, uh, second vote for that. Well, good feedback. Thank you.
Not sure it looks tropical, says Michael Brandle. Yeah, so some people just hate the logo totally. Well, I knew I knew that would be the case. Let's see, any other comments? Roundhouse Aquatics, one, two, and three pretty much are all the same at a glance. Don't do four, the logo needs the negative space in the middle. Yeah, although some people said that negative space in the middle makes it look like an orca, like a killer whale. Um, and I get that too. And we're never, we're not going to find like, there's no such thing as the perfect logo, but I'm just wondering if it looks like a fish to most people. That's kind of what I'm going for. <laughs> like I've also wondered, and I didn't do it because I kind of wanted to stay true to the Vivitatum, but I've also wondered what if it just doesn't have this dorsal fin at all? Um, like if you take a piece of paper or whatever, your finger right now, and cover that dorsal fin on your screen, you know, it's just two pieces, the front piece and the back piece. I wonder if that's uh, also something to think about, although I kind of want to keep the bivitatum in, in the, without a dorsal fin. I think that might be hard to do. I'm totally seeing manta rays now. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Man, it's, this is why we ask these questions. Colette S, I like the original pick you took. Pick you took too bad color cost so much. Yeah, and it's it's just got so much detail in it. That would be a hard one. Crown Tail Half Moon, what brand BBS you use? Also, can I hatch one time harvest morning and will they live for evening feeding in the fridge? Absolutely. Let me look at the brand that I'm using. I have to look. I use whatever brand is less expensive, honestly. I, I don't... I'm not brand true on that, but let me look at the one that I'm using right now so I can answer your question. Um, it's in the freezer right here. This will take me just a second. Okay, the brand I'm using right now is called, well, let's take it out of the bag so you can see it. And by the way, I'm not promoting this company or anything. Um, Red Sea Brine Shrimp is just a Great Salt Lake brine shrimp. Um, I don't remember where I got it. Basically, when I go to buy brine shrimp, I just look where can I, who's cheaper today, and I find it wherever I can cheaper. Um, I do know that Aquarium Co-op has gotten the brine shrimp game recently and is doing everything they can to have a, a product good enough that they can claim it's the best. Um, and so that might be somewhere to look. Personally, I go through, the, I have like a bulk mentality when it comes to brine shrimp eggs. I, I use a ton of it. So that doesn't work for me personally because they're small cans and all that. But if you only use a little bit every now and then, that might be worth checking out. I, I do think that Corey's done a lot of good for this hobby. So uh, I'd feel a little remiss if I didn't just mention that that's a possibility, but me, I need it in bulk. Um, in fact, I, I'm pretty close to the point here where I need to buy it by the, by the case or the pallet. Um, and so I just look at cost pretty much. I haven't noticed an appreciable difference to tell you the truth between like 80% hatch rate and 95% hatch rate. It's it, maybe you get a little less, 
unhatched eggs or something in one or the other. But this one is the one I did in the video. It's it's like not a high high quality brine shrimp. It was one of the cheaper ones, probably about 40, 45 bucks for a pound um, retail. And um, you saw how well it hatched in the video. There was good separation. It all worked fine. So yeah. Now, as far as your other question, yes, you can absolutely hatch it in the morning and keep it in the fridge. You can keep it, you know, if so depends on how quickly you catch them. If you harvest them right when they're hatching and they're still in the first instar stage, in other words, they haven't molted yet, um, then they have a lot of fat and stuff in them and they'll last longer. If you hatch later, maybe they've been hatched for a few hours and they've gone through a couple molts. Now they might be to the point where they actually have to eat food to stay healthy and, and have energy, at which point they're going to last a lot less time in the fridge. So um, when baby brine shrimp first hatch, they don't eat. They just live off their yolk sac. Ideally, that's when you harvest them because they have more nutrition and they don't need to eat yet. So if you get them at that first instar stage and you put them right in the fridge and when you put them in the fridge, put them in something with a good, nice surface area. So there's plenty of oxygen absorbing in there. You don't want to put the cone in the fridge. Right? You want to dump them into like a, a plastic sweater box or shoe box or something like that with good surface area. Maybe it's only an inch high, but um, surface area of like 20 square inches or something like that, right? If you do that, then I found that three days later, they'll often still be alive. Now, as time goes on, their nutrition drops. But if you hatch in the morning and feed and then feed again in the evening and you catch them at that first instar stage you're going to be in great shape. They're, they're still going to have a ton of nutrition in the evening. That'll work just fine, Crown Tail. Chattanooga Ed throwing down $5 and not even punching me in the face today. Whew, a pain-free $5 from Ed. <laughs> Doesn't happen often, so you got to enjoy it. <laughs> Howdy, Ed. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> Um, Roundhouse Aquatics, what I was talking about on the first post, not know the first pick logo pick you showed, the two color, oh yeah, 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 that kind of blurry fish, yeah, yeah, it's like we took the fish and kind of washed it out and put it out of focus a bit. I see what you're talking about. Thanks for clarifying. Let's see what, I'm just curious. Um, no, we'll do it a little later. I want to check and see what people are saying on the poll a little later. Alicia, and, yes, since the true um, P. taniatus, pelvic acromus, thank you. I was like, what's that genus? <laughs> pelvic acromus taniatus species is now limited to, limited to Nigeria and Benin. Is there any chance of bringing any in with the Nigeria shipment? I, I am trying to bring in uh, Sacramonti, the, the giant crib, if you will. Um, I brought them in from this same supplier a couple of years ago. They did fantastic. A lot of people I shipped them to, bred them and raised them. They're just such a great fish, you know, peaceful, colorful, nice community fish and, and just a different crib, if you will. So I am bringing in uh, Sacramonti, um, which I believe is still classified as a pelvic acromus, if I remember right. Let's just I'm going to look real quick. Pelvic acromus. 
Sacramonti. Let's see. Who can tell me? Well, it's it's not popping up. I mean, it's saying Sacramontis. Um, I was hoping that Seriously Fish would just pop up and I could look because I find them fairly reliable. Um, there is another site, which thank you to Preston John um, shared with Preston John shared this with me, which is kind of a scientific uh, repository where uh, real legit names are recorded, but it would take me a little while to find it there. So I don't want to take the time. Um, but yeah, some uh, Sacramonti will be coming in. Wichita Falls says, thank you, Dan. Hey, you're welcome. So I, I, one of the reasons I'm willing to do this is I owe Wichita Falls. Back in the day, I haven't forgotten this. Back in the day, Wichita was nice enough, knows I like killifish. It was nice enough to send me a few pairs of some different species of killifish. Didn't charge me or anything. Um, asked if I wanted them before. Thank you. <laughs> like no one likes it when <laughs> animals they have to care for just show up randomly. It's like, great. I don't know where to put this, but you know, um, send me some killifish. Didn't charge me or anything. So I've been looking for a way to pay Wichita Falls fish keeper back for that for a couple years. So this might be a way I can do that. So that's one reason I, I was willing to do that. Erie Lacardis. Number two would make a nice bottle opener. It's your logo number two here. Um, oh, yeah. With that there, or is it? Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be that there. All right, anyway. Um, a Gonzalez, suitable replacement, I think, is Furin 2. Kind of. Totally different medicines. Really what you want to do in my experience is use nitrofurazone, which I believe is currently the active ingredient in furin 2. Furin 2 used to be a blend. Oh, geez. This might be misinformation. Double check me. But I believe furin 2 at this time is pretty much just nitrofurazone. Um, but nitrofurazone and canamycin in conjunction with each other used simultaneously, synergetically, in my experience, has been really good. There's a lot of medicines you don't want to mix, but canamycin and nitrofurazone, from the research I've done and the experience I've had, actually synergize together and become um, more useful, more effective, and not necessarily much more potent or not potent, um, more uh, toxic, right? So you can use them safely together. And there's a big difference. Canamycin is absorbed into the fish without the fish having to ingest it. Nitrofurazone, again, I'm not a chemist or a doctor, but I've researched this stuff pretty in depth to try to understand it for my own use and my own purposes. Um, from what I understand, nitrofurazone is not absorbed into the fish if it doesn't eat the fish. So it'll take care of infections on the exterior of the fish, but unless you put it in food and feed it to the fish, it's probably not gonna do much internally. But if you use nitrofurazone and canamycin together, then you get the best of both worlds. The canamycin is absorbed through the skin and gills of the fish, probably more the gills, um, to get internal, and the nitrofurazone uh, treats the external stuff. And um, uh, there's, 
what Aquarium Pharmaceutical Products, I believe, is the website in the company that did a whole bunch of research on that. And that's where I'm getting that information from. Sean, a.k.a. Fishaholic, my live bear 60-gallon tank has pea gravel substrate. When I'm vacuuming the gravel, I see a lot of air bubbles coming out of the gravel. Wonder why planted tank lost one fish a week. You're like you're losing one a week steadily, or you lost one a week ago, maybe. Thoughts. So, um, I've personally never used a deep gravel bed unless I was using an under gravel filter back in the day. In which case, as long as you, you know, got your siphon tube down into the gravel to remove all the detritus that would clog it, you didn't get those anoxic or anaerobic zones where you get that decomposition and that sulfur gas is released. So I don't have a lot of experience with that issue. Um, I have seen it in other tanks, though, as I'm visiting fish rooms and things where there's this deep gravel bed and then um, you'll see gas bubbles in there. Probably what's happening is there's too much detritus and mulm and things like that settling into the gravel I don't know how deep the gravel is, but you say it's planted. So I'm imagining it's a few inches deep. So that stuff is settling in there and preventing any kind of water flow through it. And you're creating basically an anaerobic environment where you'll get decomposition and you'll get those gas bubbles. Um, they, they might smell like sulfur, like rotten eggs, stuff like that. So the only solution I know of to prevent that is to keep the gravel clean enough that there's some circulation through it and to gravel vac and by by which I mean not just the surface of the gravel but actually getting down in the gravel and removing all the detritus and stuff that's de decomposing in there. Um, maybe you need to do that more often if that's a concern for you. Now I don't know if you have a problem. I don't know if that gas bubbling out is actually going to be harmful to your fish. Um, it probably depends on the frequency and the amount that bubbles out and how much it's absorbed in the water column as it bubbles and things like that. So um, I have definitely seen some old timers with tanks with deep gravel and plants and lots of gas in it, but they didn't disturb it. And so maybe occasionally something would glug up, but, but the tank was healthy for years. So you know, I'm not quite sure what you want to do there. But if your goal is to get rid of the gas bubbles, then the solution is either less thick of a gravel bed, so you don't get an anaerobic zone, or gravel vac it more often, so you keep it from uh, creating those anaerobic zones. That's my best thought. Oh, there is one other thing you could try, which is some sort of critters to go down in the gravel. Um, there's two I can think of. One is Malaysian trumpet snails. Be aware that once they enter your tank, you'll never get rid of them. They multiply like crazy. You know, they, if you're not careful, they could take over your tank, more or less. <laughs> you'll have to just do some population control. But um, those will burrow down in the gravel and help keep it kind of stirred up and keep anaerobic zones from forming. And scuds will help do the same thing as well. They'll dig down in the gravel. Uh, but again, with scuds, once you get them in, it's hard to get them out. They'll multiply. So it just depends on your goal with the tank. Anyway, that's my thoughts on that. Toad Tamer, I'm just wondering if you will be restocking any more Melanotania onelli. I hope so. That's a hard fish to get. Um, 
I've been able to get it in exactly once and it was pretty pricey and they're just not available very often. So if I can, yes, that's one I plan to bring in again. Um, and I think I can, I, I think that, um, my guy has a population, he's breeding them, but I think numbers are still pretty low for that fish as far as availability goes. I think they're still kind of building up their stock, which is why they cost more. But yeah, if I see them again, I will bring them in again. That's an amazing little fish. I like it. Andrew Purr. Oh, and it jumped. Sorry, Andrew. Let me scroll up and find where Andrew at. I see Preston here real quick. Also, a 22-year-old advertising guy. Logos don't matter. Names do. Just make sure you love it. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Logos aren't. Like, I've been living off that. Uh... <laughs> so, I'll get to you in just a second, Andrew. I've been living off this one for a long time. And it's pretty obvious that we kind of just homemade that real quick, right? But I honestly think that what matters is your brand. And to me, what a brand is, is what people think and feel when they see your company or think of your company. Like that, that to me is what's important. What do people think and feel when they, when they think of you and in their experience with your company? Yeah, I agree. Andrew Purr, are you moving your current tanks to your new facility or starting with all new? Yeah, so um, let me see if I can actually show you this really quickly in a way that will explain it better than words. So let me just grab a, an image here that I think, okay. So, this is a rough image that I mocked up. Um, let me maybe move. No, we're fine. Um, of the warehouse. This is phase one of the warehouse, this top bit here. And down here is phase two. Uh, we'll be expanding into more square footage within a couple years, hopefully. Um, but for now, these up here on the wall represent all the 75-gallon tanks that I currently have in my basement. Actually, they won't all fit, but this is the ones that I can move into the warehouse. And then this short row here and this half of this row here represent all the 75 gallons that I currently have in the garage. The rest of this is all new tanks that are coming in. So what will happen is the tanks are already ordered. They should be here the first week of May. Um, and we'll get these sections set up first, get them up and running. We'll move the fish from in the basement down here and from in the garage over to these sections. Um, and then once the fish are moved, then we'll tear down the basement and the garage. And, and this is the basement and this half and this will be the garage. So that's kind of how we'll do it. We'll have to kind of stagger it a bit so that we can move the fish we currently have, you know, with, without any problems and then then move the tanks over afterwards. So that I think, as far as I've been able to figure up till now, seems to be the best plan. So we might think of a better one, but right now that's the best plan we've come up with. And by we, I mean my poor little mind. <laughs> Son of a quack. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
<laughs> Son of a quack. Honestly, never heard of you until yesterday where you were mentioned in another person's live fish live stream, checking you out now. Well, hello. Glad you're over here. Glad you made it. Ditherfish. At first, I thought they were manta rays, too. Yep. I'm getting that. I'm getting that. I would never have thought that, but I'm I'm hearing you loud and clear when like when one person says something, it's like, okay. But then when a whole bunch of people are telling you the same thing, it's probably something you should pay attention to. I don't know if that's good or bad or it's not good. I don't know if that's like, oh, scrap it all, but it's good to know. Audrey Sampson, the orange and blue logo looks like the Mar- Miami Marlins logo from a few years ago. Yeah, and it's, and we're not going to do that one. So um, there was a, a poll conducted on Facebook by the guy I'm working with to try to determine colors um, and kind of orange and blue and aqua were, were the ones that were decided. But that's too close to KG Tropicals. Uh, logo, uh, their their orange and blue logo. So it's that color scheme. KG Tropicals. I most people here know KG Tropicals probably, but if you don't, this is their logo. All right, this orange and blue kind of yin yang fish symbol, which is a great logo. I've always thought. Um, so what I'm planning on doing is my family crest colors. So growing up, my grandpa had uh, a tapestry of our family crest on his wall. Apparently, back in the day, we used to be somebody. <laughs> I always found it ironic that my grandpa had like a, a, a family crest on his wall because <laughs> he grew up as a dirt farmer, farmer in Hope, Arkansas. But <laughs> and nothing wrong with that. But it was like, huh, we're royalty, huh? So this is our family crest. Um, and so this kind of golden, well, that's tiny, this kind of gold and blue color is, is what I think I want to do just cause a, it's, you know, my family crest colors, which I think is kind of cool, but B it's, um, those are complementary colors on the color wheel. So they, they work well together. Paul Soltero in the end, it represents your business. So you just have to be happy with it. Yeah, I agree. Or you have to be happy with it. Yeah. I, I honestly, though, I don't think logos make a brand or a business. It's it's just, uh, in fact, I think you could probably have a perfectly good business without a logo. It's honestly more about um, the reputation. It, it's about reputation, not about logo. But it's nice to have a logo, and so we're going to have one. Christopher Arneson you don't see any effect on hatching when buying the cheapest. I don't. Now I haven't like done any kind of, we're talking about brine shrimp here. I haven't done any study where it's like, Hey, how many grams were put in? How many grams hatch versus how many waste eggs? What you don't want is eggs that poorly separate. So you don't want your baby brine shrimp to sink to the bottom and then have a bunch of like shells down there too, because then you can't, then when you harvest, you have a bunch of shells mixed in with the baby brine shrimp. That's the only thing that would turn me away from a brand of brine shrimp really quickly. But I haven't experienced that really. Um, years ago, I had a can that that didn't separate very well. I don't remember the brand. I mean, this was a long time ago. But 
in general, as long as the eggs separate well from the baby brine shrimp, I could kind of care less what it says about quality and 95% versus 90 versus 80 and all that. Yeah. Now that's just me. I've never studied it. I'm just a dude that hatches and feeds a lot of brine shrimp, but, um, yeah, that's my thought. <laughs> Mickey M or was it Mikey? Oh, geez. Now I can't remember. I'm going with Mickey today. It'll be Mikey next week <laughs> without dorsal. It probably looks pretty cool too. Almost like the yin yang symbol. Not a bad logo to have. Yeah. I mean, if, if KG tropicals hadn't already done the, the full yin yang, I might be there. I, I think they did a great job. Roundhouse Aquatics. Why not use the real fish pick as the logo? Oh, it's just, it, 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 it basically relies on color and so much texture and complexity that that is a very expensive and difficult thing to reproduce with any kind and make it and make it still look decent, especially if you're trying to do a t-shirt or something. Every color, every shade, every all of that, all that complexity, um, this adds another, now the shirt's another $10. Now the shirt's another $10. Now the shirt's another $10. And it's not exactly as if we're creating a logo in order to make merch, but we don't want to create a logo that prevents us from making merch. That doesn't seem like a good idea at all. Fish Tank Barn threw down a super chat and true to form, YouTube won't let me scroll down far enough to see what you wrote. So, Mike, I'll get back to that. Thank you for the super chat, though. All right. Oh, yeah. So, for folks... Um, Thank you. Bob's telling folks to go to Dance Fish Community tab and see the, the logos and comments. So, so yeah, if you go to Dance Fish on YouTube and click community here, then you can see this where the logos are that you can vote on. Um, and that's fine. You can comment down there or you can actually fill out the poll and, and comment there. So either one's fine. Uh, we don't care which way you do it. Just want to get a sense of what people think. And I don't know. I think it's fun to vote on stuff like that when I'm into it. So I thought it might be fun for folks to see and, and chime in on. Chevy Fish, my two cents. Use your current logo, add an eye to it, and put it swimming horizontal. All right. She's saying why it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just, just tweak it a little bit. Crown Tail Half Moon, appreciated the answer on BBS. Thank you so much. I am looking for cheaper ones and saw yours hatch good. Do you recommend decapsulation for a better hatch? No, I've messed with decapsulated eggs and they're fine, but they didn't. No, it wasn't. It didn't make much difference to me. In fact, the, hang on, let me show you something. I did make a mistake with Brian Shrimp. I'll be right back. So I made a mistake and bought these, which are, I think, decapsulated. They're called Easy Eggs. Hang on. Will it? There we kind of go. <laughs> um, I bought them, I think, through Brine Shrimp Direct. 
I could be wrong about that. Um, and basically, I was all excited because it was like 80 grams. It was sold by the weight. Um, in Oh, BrianTrimDirect.com. Yeah. So it was sold by weight. And I was like, dude, that's a whole lot of eggs for a great price. And so I bought them. I didn't realize they're in liquid. So that's the reason they're so heavy. So um, I don't recommend these. They, they hatch okay, but they create a big sticky mess is what I found. So I would avoid the easy eggs at Brantrim Direct. But besides that, um, which actually made things a lot worse, um, the decapsulated Brantrim eggs just didn't make things a whole lot better. Yeah, so I, I didn't worry about them. They're a lot more expensive. Crown tail half moon, appreciate, oh wait, already got that one. I think the main reason for decapsulated brine shrimp eggs is if you want to just feed the eggs straight without hatching them. I think that's the reason to get those. And I tried that and I didn't have a whole lot of luck with it. Turns out fish don't want to eat rock hard, dry little nuggets. I mean, they'll eat pellets, but they didn't tend to want to eat the decapsulated brine shrimp eggs when I just fed it straight. Now I can see a fish tank bar and it says, Dan, you need a cowboy hat on the fish since you were in Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like a, a steamboat rendition. So steamboat. Um, so for those that don't know, steamboat. This is steamboat. And you'll see this silhouette everywhere in Wyoming. So maybe this is a fish and there's a cowboy on it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not actually going to do that, but it'd be kind of fun. I'm not, I'm not that into the cowboy's lifestyle, but it's kind of fun. Rico Stan throwing down five bucks, digging the rose lines and Denison barbs. Good Rico. I'm glad to hear it. I hope that skinny guy fattens up and does okay for you. I'm sorry again about that. I feel kind of like a dunce, but I sent you that one. Okay. RB Animals and Collectibles. Let me make sure I didn't skip anybody. Um, I'm skipping uh, Fishymon64 because that's a question about decap brine shrimp, and I kind of just answered that. Are those archer fish in the tank behind you? They are. So these are um, the Burmese clouded archer fish, Toxotos blythei, uh, one of the true freshwater species of archer fish. Um, this one, and I believe... I believe it's the small scale archer fish. I'd have to do some research. Um, come from pure pre freshwater habitat, so you don't have to add any salt. So I've liked archer fish for a long time, um, but I don't like having to do brackish water tanks. So these are perfect because they don't need brackish water. Alrighty. Fish Tropic. I dance fish for what disease do you use those two medications for? Um, so I often use them just prophylactically when a new shipment comes in for the first week, I'll treat with that. Um, but if I, if a fish has something and I, I try not to immediately go to that because they need to be in like apart from, you know, prophylactic normal thing, let's say I have a fish in a tank, it's been there a while and suddenly it's acting a little weird and I can't figure out what's wrong. Let's say I've tried some parasite medicines and things that aren't going to destroy the biological balance of the tank. 
Mephitis isn't getting better. Then, as a last resort, I'll move it to a hospital tank and I'll use nitrofurazone and canamycin in concert um, together uh, with salt. And often that will, will help. So usually, unless there's obvious signs like white spots or velvet dust or something, right? Usually, or often, probably usually, we just know the fish isn't doing well, but we don't actually know what's wrong with it, right? We're not vets. We don't have a lab. Um, we don't know how to diagnose unless it's super obvious. And sometimes we're still wrong. Like it, there's over 22 organisms that can create white spots on fish. Some are ick parasites. Some are other parasites. Some are viruses. Like we suppose it's ick. It usually is. But, you know, we're still not even sure then, even if we see white spots. But the point is, um, if a fish is sick and I don't know what's wrong with it, I'll try the stuff that doesn't wipe out the entire biological balance of the tank first and I'll try to leave the fish in the tank unless it's like being bullied or something because it's pretty stressful on a fish to be taken out and put in a pretty much bare hospital tank but when all that fails then I go to canamycin and nitrofurazone or if it has symptoms that make me suspect strongly that it is a bacterial issue then I'll use it as well but always in a separate hospital tank because it will totally wipe out the beneficial bacteria and the plants and other things in your established aquarium. But it's very, it's very good, though, about treating bio, um, bacterial infections. So basically, there are two main bacteria that cause disease in aquariums. And this comes from scientific studies. I've researched this. Um, I, I believe this to be true. This isn't just me making this up. Like there's scholarship I've read to back this up. They are Aramonis and Columnaris. And these two bacteria are responsible for the majority of illnesses that are bacteria related in aquariums. And they both happen to be gram negative bacteria. Canamycin and nitrofurazone are very good at killing gram-negative bacteria. That's why they destroy all the beneficial bacteria, all the nitrifying bacteria in your tank when you use it, because those are gram-negative bacteria as well. There is a fairly common bacteria called, what, streptococcus, I think I'm saying that right, that creates illness in aquariums as well. It's like number three, and that is a gram-positive bacteria. So the odds if you have a bacterial issue, unless you take it for an actual diagnosis, which none of us are doing, so the odds are that it's gram-negative. It's either Aramonis or columnaris. So I play the odds. Without really knowing, I use nitrofurazone and canamycin. Sometimes I have great results. Sometimes it doesn't do anything. Um, sometimes it appears to do the fish in completely, but probably the fish was close to on its way out anyway at that point. Um, if those don't work, then step number two is to try to treat for gram-positive bacteria. So that would be things like triple sulfa, maybe erythromycin and things like that. But you have to be a little careful to not just <laughs> how do I say this? Um, do your research and find out if the medicine you're using will benefit the fish in the way you're using it. There are lots of medicines we use and we put them in the water column without realizing 
the fish has to actually eat those for it to be absorbed into the fish's system. Um, and then there's other medicines that are readily absorbed from the water column into the fish via their gills and are much more effective. So there's all kinds of things to think about with that. But anyway, that's a long-winded way to answer that question. Hopefully that uh, I answered it. So it's, it's rarely a specific disease. The question was, which diseases do you, do you use those medicines for? Because we so rarely actually diagnose um, our fish and know precisely which disease we're treating. Usually we don't know. We're just guessing. It's one part of this hobby in this industry that I wish were better, but without access to aquatic veterinarians, which simply don't exist in most cities, um, you know, what are you going to do? I guess you, the options are you try your best and you play the odds. It's like, what's the most likely culprit according to research? Let's try that one first, right? Um, so you play the odds or you do nothing, I guess. Um, yeah, so... It's, it's far from ideal, the whole fish treating in this industry, in this hobby. Okay, let me scroll up. Okay. It's here, it's 809, there's 212 folks watching. Let's go ahead and do the giveaway and not wait till the very end. That way, the folks that chime in at the very end just for the giveaway get thwarted. <laughs> so we're going to do the giveaway here. This is for three electric blue Akaras that were bred and raised right here at Dan's Fish. These are the parents behind me when you see the electric blue Akaras swim around. Um, and we'll send you three of them probably on Monday. Uh, it might be Wednesday of next week. We'll send them out. So they'll get to you Tuesday or Thursday of next week. And let's see who the winner is. So the winner is Michael Brandle. Hey, Michael, come on down. So, Michael, you've got about a minute and a half to, to just let us know you're here. And then you'll officially have won, and we'll tell you what to do after that. While we're waiting on Michael, Kids Aquatics is alerting me that Crown Tail Half Moon um, asking, isn't there an online website that explains different aquarium meds and if they can be mixed or have contradictions to treat fish disease? If you know the link, please, there is. Let me pull up the link for you. Um, I have a bookmarked here. Oh, <laughs> hopefully that didn't kill the stream. I accidentally, oh, it wouldn't have. I did that over Nightbot. I didn't mean to. So here it is. Well, here's one of them. There's, there's quite a few, but here's a good place to start. These are all the different, like, if you want to see what can you do with, I don't know, these medicines, then it'll tell you about them. Um, yeah, quite a bit of information there. And I, I wouldn't say that it's the end all be all by any means, but this is what you're looking for. It'll have a list of contradictions. So it says, don't mix with these medicines or you could have an issue, right? So. I believe that's what you're asking for. Uh, this is um, 
what is it, aquarium here for you. Um, again, they're not the end-all be-all. Let's see if Michael joined us. There we are. Um, but, oh shoot, did I, huh. did I totally screw it up when I accidentally did that? I did, I can't see. Okay, Michael, did you, did you chime in? Oh man. Okay, I've got to scroll here. Let me let me scroll because apparently when I did that, I screwed stuff up. Michael Brandel's here. Okay, good. I figured you were. So Michael, if you would send me an email, Dan at dancefish.com, um, your first name, last name, and mailing address, then I will send those fish out to you. Kelly Foreman asking. With a super chat of $9.99. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Will electric blue cars tear up my pretty plants? I couldn't bear to see my Monte Carlo carpet destroyed. I haven't kept them with Monte Carlo, but I've never seen them bother plants. And I do know that, for example, um, if you're reading on like Seriously Fish or other websites, it'll often say, use a very fine substrate and all this, indicating that there's diggers or sifters. Not really. Like I have a whole bunch of dwarf sag down here. They don't bother it at all. I, I rarely see them sift the sand. So in my experience, they don't dig, they don't disturb plants, they don't tug on plants, they don't uproot, they don't sift even hardly. So in my experience, I would say you'll be fine. However, that's just my experience. <laughs> I've never kept them with Monte Carlo. Could someone here chime in? Um, if you ever had problems with electric blue acara in plants, I haven't, but I would hate to tell Kelly Foreman, oh, it'll be fine. And then, man, I worked on that carpet for five years and now it's destroyed, right? <laughs> I'd hate to be that guy, but I've never seen it. I've never heard of it either being a problem. Okay. Whew. Let me scroll back up. I missed some stuff. <laughs> Rick 500 saying, hey, nice shirt. Thank you. So this shirt was given to me by Rick, um, who was driving to Yellowstone one day. When was it? Last summer? Yeah, last summer, I believe. And stopped by to say hi on the way. And Rick owns Akasha, the, the brewing company. And so he brought me a t-shirt from his brewery. So that's why I'm wearing it. Thanks, Rick. It was a pleasure to meet you. All right. Um, still scrolling here. Okay, got it. Now, I do want to say that uh, aquarium, American Aquarium Products isn't the only site to look at. Um, there's also like official sheets out there when you're using medicines that, I don't know, it's, all, it's almost like a material data safety sheet or something where it it tells you what a formularia, I guess, that veterinarians would use when they're looking up how to dose something or what cases to use it in, things like that. Um, there's scholarly articles you can read about test cases of using different medicines with different fish and the results. And there's all kinds of information. And I'd encourage you all, I, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but in the situation as it stands right now, ain't nobody going to help us but ourselves. Like we, it's not like dogs or cats where there's plenty of vets around. 
there's a whole industry set up around that. And so when you need help with your dog or cat, you can take it to the corner vet, right? Or whatever and, and get help. Fish is just not that way. There is no industry set up where it's likely that in your area, you can go get a hold of your local vet when you have trouble. There are some in some cities, but it's not, it's not ubiquitous by any means. And so we're kind of on our own. And it's an area like shipping where I think we really need to improve. Unfortunately, with laws and regulations and just the fact that medicines can be dangerous, <laughs> you know, it's, it's something that's a little sketchy, but we don't have much options. So I'd encourage everyone do the research. Don't don't just put up a Facebook question, say, hey, what do I do? And have a bunch of people chime in because you'll get such bad information. Um, actually dig in, do some research. Um, and I'm not even talking about when you have a problem, like, hey, my fish has this fuzzy thing on it. What could that be? I'm talking about just a general sense of the big issues and the most likely ways that you could successfully treat them before you have a problem. So that when you have a problem, you can kind of just brush off your notes or, you know, refresh yourself a bit and, and kind of have a, a baseline to go with. Now, I, don't, I doubt lots of people will do that, um, but it is an area we could really improve for sure. <clears throat> all right. Kind all night. When will you get better in Bellis in again? I'm not exactly sure. The last group took forever to sell through. And, and the reason I think is, is twofold. Um, they're sold to me as Beta Embellus, but there is some question as to whether they are 100% pure Beta Embellus. Every time I do a video on them or, or show them, I get a lot of comments from Beta Geeks that say, hey, that's got red in the fin, it's a hybrid, or that's not true Beta Embellus or something. Now, I don't know if I believe them, and the reason is, you cannot correctly identify fish based on color alone. And that's what they're doing. They're like, hey, that fin has some red. It's got to be a hybrid or it's not better embellus. And I'm like, yeah, have you actually visited every location in the wild where better embellus are? Because maybe the strain you have doesn't have any red in it, but maybe another location, you know, a couple hundred miles away does have red in it, stuff like that. So I'm very leery of people that look at a picture and are like, that's not that fish because of this color. It's like, no, we often have to go deeper than that to truly identify or, or misidentify a fish. But there has been some question about that. And I'm not sure. I'm just going off my supplier's word. Um, so not positive, I guess, of how pure they are. Or, there's been some questions raised about it. I generally get all females with maybe one or two males mixed in and people want pairs. So I sell the male and a couple females and then I'm left with this big group of females, right? That are hard to move. So I don't know if it's a good move to bring them in regularly every now and then I think I will, but I don't know when the next time will be to tell you the truth. Punchy paints. I think of breeding is pleasure when I see you. Well, you would, wouldn't you, Pam? <laughs> but I'm not sure that would work well for a logo. Yeah. Uh, if you're not in on the joke, uh, people could take that wrong for sure. For sure. Mr. Merez, 
Thank you for the emerald and red dragon rainbows. They look great. Shipped to Illinois. Hey, you're welcome. And I think in a few months when they really come into their own, that's going to be awesome. Both those fish are, you know, when they, they take time, right? Um, the, the emeralds, let's see here. No, the multis, the reds, right? Hang on. Yeah, the reds were already, a few of them, the males, were starting to get some of those nice extensions on the anal fin and things. But most of them, I think, were too small to really, well, even really sex well. But, um, yeah, I can't wait. In a few months, I bet they're going to look spectacular. Some of those fish take a little while, but they're so worth it. Yeah, Kyle's Aquarium Metrics. Number four is awesome, but your current logo has the world's coolest apostrophe yeah so that is what that idea was that the tail of that fish would be the apostrophe for dance right here i'm glad you picked that up i'm not sure how obvious that is <laughs> but um the main issue is just it looks like a it looks like a blob a pleasing blob yet a blob all right um, doo -doo -doo. let's see, how are we doing? 822, and there's still 158 people here. All right. That's what happens when you draw early, I guess. Thomas Oliver, any idea how long it will take to have the warehouse up and running? My, no, because I've never done it before. I'm just guessing. So here's what we are doing. By the end of this month, I will have all the um, water and air pipes plumbed with valves. So I'm going through um, and drilling holes in pipes and putting in air valves and water valves. So that'll all be ready by the end of this month. Then um, first week of May, the aquarium should arrive. So May will be all about painting and drilling aquariums. I've got a couple leads on some folks that can um, dado out the slots on the vertical stands for the aquarium racks that should be done by june 1st so june we'll take those and we'll put the horizontal pieces on them so by the end of june mid-june we should have the racks done enough to move into the warehouse all we'll have to add is the spacers because they're easier to move without the spacers right um, we'll have the aquariums drilled and painted and ready to plumb. And we'll have the airlines, the air valves and the water valves all in place. So when we can take occupancy, we can put those air valves and water valves, those pipes with the, the manifolds, if you will, up over the tanks, put them together, glue them in. We can um, put the racks up and throw the tanks on and pretty much be ready to go. So. I make it sound so easy. My guess is it's going to take a month of really hard work, maybe six weeks. I'm not sure. It's a month to six weeks, probably, to get everything moved over and set up, just because there's a lot of it. Um, and then it's going to take another week or so to test the system, maybe two weeks, make sure that it's stable and the fish are doing well in it, and then place large orders to fill the system. So I would say that sometime between August and September 
between August 1st and and the beginning of August and end of September is when we'll probably be up and running somewhere around there. Sometimes I think, nah, it'll be mid-August. And sometimes I think, ah, it'll be mid-September. I'm not quite sure. Now, this is all assuming that we actually can take occupancy on July 1st, which is the plan. But (laughs) maybe the construction gods will smile on us. I don't know. Priscilla MK, good to see you, lady. Throwing down $1.99. Appreciate it and appreciate you as well. T-Shot, throwing down five bucks. Thanks, T-Shot. I appreciate it. It's always groovy when money falls from the sky. Kids Aquatics, Iowa Interstate Railroad fan. Why do you use so many 75-gallon tanks? Well, 75-gallon tanks are a great size for almost any fish. And I import. And when I import, I often have to import in large numbers. So I might have to bring in, like I'm looking at a tank right here, which is, it has, I think, 50, maybe 56 um, Melanotania bosmani atinjo in it. And rainbow fish need some space. So if I'm going to put 50 of them in a tank, I need a 75 gallon. So it's basically, you want something big enough that you can import things in large enough numbers that the business model works and so that they're still comfortable on this end. So that's what it is. I'm just trying to, I don't want to try to crowd 50 Melanotania bosmani into a 40 gallon. So there's certain tanks that larger fish that need more room and I just want to have bigger tanks for them. Most of the warehouse will be 40 gallon breeders, but I do want to have some, some flexibility to have some bigger spaces for other species. <laughs> we used to be somebody says Mickey M. <laughs> Alicia A.S. I sent a message to Anton Lambo to check on the current classification of Sacramonti. We'll let you know when he replies. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Speaking of messages, there is someone who I can't get a hold of. Um, there's someone that's emailed me several times about bettas. Who is this person? And I responded to every email and it keeps bouncing back. It keeps saying it's undeliverable, that their inbox cannot accept emails. Aha, here it is. So I'm not going to say their their email handle. I don't want to give away their email address, but part of it is URI, URI. So URI, who has been emailing me about Betacochina and what else? Um, Brownorum and Rudolins. Um, I bet Uri's getting very frustrated because Uri keeps mailing me, asking me questions about them, and I keep emailing back, and the messages, for some reason, are not able to be received in Uri's inbox. So I don't know what to do. Poor Uri thinks I'm ignoring them. <laughs> And I've responded to every email. At this point, I think we're up to five to five or seven emails, something like that. So, Uri, if you're out there listening, I know your real name isn't Uri, but that's kind of the, uh, yeah, I think that'll let you know who I'm talking about if it's you. Um, I'm trying. I don't know how else to get a hold of you. Um, 
For some reason, every time I send you an email, I get a bounce that says this message could not be delivered. This person's inbox is not like um, uh, configured to receive emails. So it's kind of like when you try to call someone and their voicemail box is full. It's like, okay, I don't know how to leave a message. So I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're frustrated. I don't know how else to get a hold of you, though. Um, all right. T-Shot. Oh, T-Shot left a note. I couldn't see it earlier. I just added the black rams that I purchased from you to my ram fresh tank fresh out of HQ. He's absolutely stunning. What a healthy looking fish. Awesome. I'm glad that he worked out well for you and you didn't have the Rico Stan experience. <laughs> Kevin Long throwing down five bucks. Thanks. Advanced fish are endler guppies, a different species. So different species. Um, uh, endlers are wingii. I believe is how you say it. And um, guppies are reticulatus or something like that. So same genus, two different species. Um, however, in the hobby, they've been hybridized so much to get neat colors and patterns and stuff that often if something's called an endler in the hobby, it's often half guppy anyway. So it's not a, the common name doesn't really tell you what's going on there. But there are pure strains of endlers that are still pure wingii, if that's the correct, or is it wengii? Something like that. Um, yeah, but they are different species technically. Now we're at the end here. I am sorry that I'm not going to get to everybody. Um, it has been a busy night of questions and comments, and I appreciate everyone who left a question or comment. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and I'm sorry for those that I didn't get to. I'm not trying to ignore you. It's just we only have so much time. Last one I'm going to get to is Guppy Barn Aquatics, who threw down a super chat of $5 and to be different, 97 cents. <laughs> I so enjoy your live stream. It's my hump day tradition. I would like to do an upcoming giveaway. Thank you for all you do. Awesome. So Guppy Barn Aquatics, if you want to do a giveaway, just reach out, dan at dancefish.com. Send me an email. Let me know what you're thinking. And um, usually that works out. Giveaways have to be free, though. Um, that's, that's the main thing. So if anyone wants to do a giveaway, just realize we can't require anything for it. We can't say... We'll do the giveaway if you sign up or if you sub or if you, you know, do these things. We can't do a giveaway if they have to pay for shipping. None of that. It has to be as simple as entering the giveaway just by leaving a hashtag in chat and then getting the item for free once you know their address. That's, that's how it has to be. And I'm not saying this because you asked. I'm just reminding everyone in general. Um, Basically, it's more fun that way. We don't want any strings attached. But also, YouTube's giveaway requirements require that. If you require people to like or sub or go sign up for your, I don't know, master class or whatever in order to enter the giveaway, then it's considered gambling and it's highly regulated and YouTube doesn't like it. So if you read YouTube's details on giveaways, it's pretty clear if, if anything is required at all. It's no longer a giveaway. Now it's a game of chance and you don't want to get in that mess. So, <laughs> all right. I think we got to cut it there because we're over time. It's 832. Thanks everyone for being here. I want to start by thanking my mods because they kick 
but every week making this work and I just so appreciate it. Um, if I had to take the time trying to monitor everything while keeping up with everything, which I fail to do anyway, I can't keep up, then it would be a hot mess here. So thank you so much to all of you. Um, Everyone that threw money at us, thanks for the super chats. Always appreciated. Never required, but it really does help. We're still on ramen wages here. Um, everyone that left a question or comment, thanks for making this lively. Hail the lurker nation. <laughs> and everyone watching on replay, I hope one day you can be with us live. But until then, hey, that's what replays are for. I've had a fun night. I hope you've had a fun night. And I hope next week to be able to tell you an actual arrival date for Nigeria and maybe that we've got the permit to construct finalized with uh, the city, but we'll know, we'll, we'll let you know. Same bat time, same bat channel next week. Till then, have a good one. Appreciate you all. Um, bye-bye.